what do you think about the CV? Do you need to have a fancy CV with layouts and images and color or just a simple Word document is sufficient? It depends where are you in your career journey. If you're just beginning your career, your CV should be... Hello everyone and welcome back to season four of Hackcast. We are once again at our Hacksoft studio, Hackcast studio in our Hacksoft office, and uh, things are still looking pretty good. They are. Yeah. Uh, as we told you, for season four, we are going to have special guests and we are going to continue talking about various topics from the software development, software engineering, and the business of running a, uh, a software development company. And for today, we are going to talk about recruitment and retention in the Bulgarian software industry. Uh, perhaps some of the things that we are going to cover may be applicable globally, but the point of view is going to be focused more towards the Bulgarian software industry. So we believe this is going to be quite an interesting episode for you. And of course, our special guest today is Peter Juganski, who is here with us, who has more than 10, 10 years of experience working as uh, HR, as a manager, working as a consultant for various companies. Uh, he's someone who has seen a lot and we are going to cover recruitment and retention in the, in the Bulgarian software industry with him. So, Pesho, please tell us more about yourself. First of all, thank you guys for having me here. I'm uh, really happy to be at your brand new studio. Uh, guys, it, it looks uh, amazing. I'm, I'm jealous. You. I'm jealous. I hope to have something like that in the, in the next year. So, you... Uh, gave a very quick and swift presentation of uh, myself. I'm Pesho. Uh, I've been working in HR since 2013-2014. Uh, I have been working for various uh, Bulgarian IT companies. I've started my career in Melexis, which is a microelectronics company, then went through an agency. I've done a couple of projects for some bigger companies like Paysafe, smaller ones, which you have probably have, <laughs> haven't heard of. I've been in an uh, outsourcing company, Axidia. They're, they're, they're a great company uh, as well. I've worked for Takeaway, and in the past four years, I've been developing a company called uh, OpenTech. Also, I'm working as a consultant for uh, various tech companies, most of them, and I'm consulting uh, tech managers how to make the connection with the people, how to do their branding internally and externally, and of course, create a nice culture where people can thrive, uh, do their best, and of course, bring more value for the <laughs> for the business. Sounds good. And uh, his, uh, if you go to his LinkedIn. He's quite active. Uh, this, this is where I know him from. So uh, Pesho, which is the short for Peter, uh, uh, he has a podcast called Inhuman Resources, which uh, is a very catchy name in Bulgarian. Uh, it's translated as Nechuveshki Resursi. And uh, it's quite, quite valuable. It's in Bulgarian, but uh, his guests are always giving a very good perspective on, on topics around HR leadership and management. Uh, I even told him that this morning... I started listening his new episode and it's really, really good. I'm halfway there and most probably going to finish it today. So if you scroll his LinkedIn, it's quite impressive. You, you have done quite a lot of work for various companies, as you said, and the podcast is also um, quite valuable. So kudos for that. And we believe that we're going to make a valuable discussion also today. Uh, you also mentioned that you've, you've, you have experience in the hospitality industry. 
we were talk- discussing yeah. before that. Yeah, uh, my family, they're still running a restaurant in my hometown of uh, Samukov. Before that, we had restaurants in Sunny Beach and in uh, Borovac. I've been working for like uh, around another 10 years in the hospitality industry. Uh, I've been working since I was 12 or 13 and uh, I've had different jobs at our uh, family business. I've been selling uh, corn initially, you know, the guys <laughs> right. know, sweet kukuruza come, <laughs> it's very nice, <laughs> etc. I've been a waiter for a lot of time, bartender. I've been also the guy that invites the people from the outside to come in. In Bulgarian we call it vikac, but <laughs> I don't know exactly the, what the English uh, translation and the variation of that. Uh, Some kind of promoter. Yeah, kind yeah. of promoter, yeah, promoting people. I've been also selling ice cream, but that was in the United States, so it was a right. pretty interesting <laughs> job. And you know, th- there is one meme going through the internet. It says, uh, "You can, if you want to make everyone happy, go sell ice cream. Don't be a manager." But you know, I've been selling ice cream, and people are still unhappy. Like, uh, <laughs> well, we've been we've been selling their homemade ice cream, which was he- very expensive, very right. expensive. Three scoops costed like eight or nine dollars, and that was in uh, 2013, like t- 10 years ago. It was okay. crazy expensive. <laughs> it was very tasty, but still we got very crazy complaints. And yeah, dealing with customers, uh, whatever it's in the uh, in the, in the restaurant, mm. uh, you know, selling ice cream, corn, whatever, or dealing with customers in the IT business, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah, this explains why you've continued uh, working in the HR industry after being in the hospitality because this counts towards HR because you are working with people and you're seeing a lot of different issues, problems, um, natures of of, of people. So uh, this is invaluable experience to have. And sometimes we in the IT industry, we can be quite, uh, how to say, we whine from time to time about, for example, our office is not good enough, but uh, sometimes we just lack the perspective. Imagine being in the kitchen for 12 hours. Or more. Or more, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, we, have, we have that for sure. I had a crazy situation from the past uh, years where, let's imagine we raise the vouchers that we give to people from, let's say, 60 to 200 level and they come like like a direct bonus like this is like 70 euro per month which is okay it's a fa- mm-hmm. fair sum yeah. and uh, i had people coming to me and said oh why would i need those vouchers i, I will look like a beggar when i go to uh, the <laughs> supermarket and like like my friend you, you you receive that those like 70 80 euro directly like every month it's not like a race but still you you got them on a yearly basis it's a pretty pretty Thank you. like eight 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 nine hundred euro directly above uh, your, your yep. salary i said why would you want them and they said i prefer to have my money directly in the bank so okay but uh, we don't have the tax discount on those money you know the whole idea of the voucher is that they are not taxed yep. which is uh Fair enough, on every 100 level that uh, you pay as a salary to someone, uh, the government is taking between 13 and 26% of that. And also you as an employer, you have to pay another uh, 15, 16% on top of that. So in the end, uh, the company is saving a lot of money. But people, they don't like to think about it. They don't appreciate the benefits most of the time. And uh, uh, if you give them a lot of stuff at once, they won't be happy as much as if you give it to them uh, step by step. So uh, I've seen it in many companies. The thing with uh, company benefits and how you give them, uh, it should be spoken and communicated very well with the employers. Otherwise, they take it as something for granted, which yep. have already happened in the IT industry. And uh, we see a lot of crazy complaints almost everywhere. Yep. Like uh, 
the latte that uh, the company is serving is not good enough. Come what on. Do you mean you don't have a barista in the office? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no massage. You don't have a massage at the office. And I'm like, yeah, your grandpa was having a massage in the mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote something down that uh, I want to come back later mm-hmm. later in the in the episode about net versus gross salary and mm-hmm. the expectations of people, but we will yeah. we'll get there. So uh, what we're going to talk about today. Today, the topic is recruitment and retention in the Bulgarian uh, software industry. So, to in order to uh, keep it practical and pragmatic, uh, we are going to do the following. First, we're going to talk about recruitment. We're going to start with recruitment, basically how to get to a company, and we're going to present. We're going to try to present the point of view of the employer, the company, and the employee, the candidate. Yeah. And after this, we're going to follow up with retention, meaning hey, you, you are already working there and there can be plenty of problems and uh, things to think about. So again, we're going to try to give the point of view of the employer and, and the employee and keep it practical, keep it pragmatic, give examples from experience and have a good discussion. That's the general idea. And we're going to start with the topic of recruitment and the point of view of the employer. Mm-hmm. And Pesho, I have this question for you. Let's imagine you are hired as a consultant. Uh, some company hires you and they uh, have a lot of problems with finding new people. Basically, rec- they have a problem with their recruitment. Mm-hmm. What are the most important things that you're going to look at first in order to see why they're having the problem and how to approach this particular problem. Let's start there. Okay, great. This is a great, great question. I can tell you what I usually do. I start speaking with the managers in the company about what's their current status, how is the business going, uh, what are the salary ranges. Like uh, most of the time, the problem is that the companies don't uh, offer something competitive to the market. Whatever we read in the um, uh, job ads, mm. competitive salary, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, if it's competitive, <laughs> why do I, why why don't don't you show it? <laughs> if it's so so competitive, most of the time people, uh, I mean, companies don't pay well enough. Mm. Okay, and after that, uh, they're like, okay, nobody nobody wants to work. Like, okay, no one wants to work for free. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's for sure. Uh, then I speak speak with the people. I have to check uh, what is their retention rate if uh, they cannot find people because people are all, all, always leaving they right. have another kind of problem if let's imagine you're like your company is 50 people and you want to scale up to 100 in three months then we have another problems and mm-hmm. we have to find different uh, solutions right. then I'm, I'm checking the funeral do they have any candidates where the candidates come from how fast are they being processed a lot of companies small and big Currently, they are acting very foolishly, very stupidly on uh, the terms of uh, recruitment speed. They have like three, four, five interviews. And I'm like, come on, guys, you're not you're not Google. I wouldn't go through a five-step uh, interview process for the right. job of HR manager in uh, some company that is 50 people. Like, if it's something, a big name, but in Bulgaria, there are almost no such big names. We know who the big players are on the market. Almost everybody else doesn't deserve five or six interviews. And we, we have it currently. I have a friend of mine who is a um, software manager, let's call it uh, that, that, that way, right. his, his position. And he has been going through numerous rounds of interviews. With one of the companies, he has been on five different interviews. And okay, they don't offer him a director position. It's just software manager and he will be responsible for uh, two teams of six people each, which is okay. It can be named it's team, yeah. it can be named team lead. It's mm-hmm. many companies. So... Yeah, 
most of the time it's either money or they're slow or they haven't communicated their vision uh, uh, good enough. And there is another problem that many companies don't have a good vision. Uh, they don't have a lot of values <laughs> or they don't have values at all. They're just, they they're don't just, know their values. They yeah, don't know they them. And uh, this is something that uh, we also do. Uh, it's important to have um, values. And uh, like if you have to ask me five years ago that question mm. about the values, that I mean, I would say, oh, this is uh, bullshit. Like uh, uh, whenever a company grows too much and they start writing their values on the wall, they're, they're done. <laughs> like they have too much free time. Which can be partially true, yeah. but uh, now, you know, when I'm working as a consultant in my own uh, company, when I work for different companies as well, uh, I see that this is your standing point. You should have something that you're referring to. And those things, they're the cornerstone of all the decisions that you're making in your uh, uh, company path and how you treat people. And I think this is uh, wh where we must begin initially. All right. And when we find and we identify those problems, then we can go out and look for the solutions. If the problem is with the payment, yeah, okay, we, we, we should try to raise the salary ranges. Let, let's go to the payment. So yeah. uh, I, I wrote down, let's break break those things mm -hmm. one by one because I, I really love the answer. And let's start with the interview process because uh, I kind of felt attacked for <laughs> for a moment, <laughs> offended. <laughs> no, not, not in a bad way. Uh, so I think it is going to be a, a good role play because right now for when people are applying for Hacksoft, our interview interview process uh, looks like this. First, initially, we do phone screening. Like we, we send an email and we do phone screening for 30 minutes okay. just to get a sense of the candidate. Why are they applying? Uh, what, the, what are they expecting from their future employer? And uh, talk li a little bit about their professional experience. Mm -hmm. After which we send them, a, it's not a homework, but rather a takeaway problem. We, we're talking about recruitment for mm -hmm. software engineering yeah. positions. Um, and this is, for example, uh, the place where we had most of our negative feedback because we sent a takeaway problem, which usually we try to scope it in, in such way that is going to take you at most one day to solve. Mm -hmm. So we can do a technical interview based on the solution. We don't want to make it like a whiteboard, let's write algorithms, but rather give us some code that you have wrote and then we are going to conduct the technical interview based on that code and go from there, like explore other areas from there. After which, we and usually uh, the phone screening is it's not in person like it's through mm -hmm. the phone. Um, uh, the technical interview we do online, and then we kind of invite the candidates for in-person interview mm -hmm. here at the office or, or someplace else. You know, yeah. we can go grab 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 lunch, and we usually do one more interview if we are really interested in the candidate. So this means we are at around four interviews before we even. Uh, make a decision and extend an offer. And the negative feedback that we get from our candidates is that, why are you sending me problems to solve? And I was, I never thought from their perspective because imagine you are applying right now for a job mm -hmm. and you apply for 10 positions yeah. and all 10 companies send you problems to solve. Mm -hmm then it's going to be too much for you. I think I think uh, a lot of people drop after you send them the task. They do. Is, they, they do, do, they yeah, do they not do. reply at all. And, and I can tell you what is the problem here. The problem is that uh, you haven't sold them the idea of working uh, at right. your company. This is the problem. With one phone call for 30 minutes, I doubt that you can sell your company really good hard, enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. And after that, uh, you say one day, but for some people, it can be one day from your viewpoint. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I have uh, uh, tracked that at one of my previous companies. Mm -hmm. We've been sending, uh, our process was very similar to what uh, you're, you're telling me right now. A lot of people dropped after uh, the, we send them our task and uh, the our tech lead was telling me, hey, it will take two, three hours. It was taking him two, three hours because right. he was very proficient and yeah. he's one of the best in his uh, sphere in uh, in Bulgaria, like yeah. hands down. And uh, after that, I find out after the 10 rejection that uh, it's taking them like eight or 10 hours, which is very, very different. Which is a lot, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And people, uh, they don't want to waste their time on that when specifically when they're unsure if they want to work for you. So if I was to suggest you something mm. uh, different, I would say, yeah, do the phone screening. 30 minutes through the phone, it's too much. 10, 15 minutes just to check. 30 minutes is the limit. Something shorter just to, to feel the pulse of the candidate. Mm -hmm. is, is the guy or the girl <laughs> normal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. If, if, Actually if, really if, important. Yeah. Yes. And then go for in-person interview if it's possible or online interview, which you can include specifically the technical part. You don't have to do one hour uh, talk of, uh, you know, like people, HR talk, mm. if the guy is not for a manager position, then you can uh, separate it uh, on uh, on two. But you can have, let's say, one, one hour, one hour and a half session. On that session, of course, you're selling uh, the idea of working uh, here. Yeah. You're also evaluating the candidate. And after you've had that session, you can send the task, but right. also I would uh, give another another option to invite the candidate uh, to give to, to give the candidate two options. One of them is to do the task online. Mm. The other one is to come uh, here at your place and uh, do coding stuff on, on li like li live coding. We've been doing that at uh, the yeah. companies and it works very, very well. Like some people, they prefer to do their work uh, at home alone, mm -hmm. but yeah. some others are quite fine to, uh, let's say, put uh, their code on the TV. You can give them a small snippets. You know, you, you don't give them something like to code straight away one hour, and you, you you know they can write code and they can speak to you through the process. And I think this is very very uh, very beneficial because at the end of the day, yeah, uh, you want for them to have some minimal minimal knowledge of the tech stack you're working with. Yeah, this is this is for sure. But you want to see how they think, exactly. how they solve problems, because yeah. you use it solving yeah. problems, and you can do it in a different ways. And if you can give them the two options, I'm pretty sure you have a better response rate, and more people will finish the interview process uh, with you, which is your goal in the end. And of yeah. course, you want to hire people. The way that you have uh, your process currently, <laughs> I'm very glad that you shared it with me. It's not very effective. And you, you said it yourself that yeah, you're dropping it's not, it's not, you're it's dropping not. candidates and this can uh, help uh, help a lot in improving it giving people options to choose how to right. how to continue it and maybe move one of the steps a bit a bit further also when you see the people for that let's say one hour session online it can be more it can be less depending on the candidate uh, you can decide if you want to send the task at all yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. so initially we were uh and thank you for the suggestions. I will uh, riff on them, fo follow up on them. But uh, ju just to mention something, initially, what we were doing is uh, we were phone screening every single applicant, which uh, we thought was, uh, how to say, good for the for the candidates. And 
uh, for our last recruitment rounds, we stopped doing that. We were we were evaluating the CV and then deciding if we want to follow up. And then we were sending uh, problems to everyone and then interviewing everyone, which was great because you can find some hidden gems. But it was taking us way too long, so we uh, so we decided to kind of have a, a process where you filter like a funnel process where you filter people every step of the way and what what Pesho is um, saying about they are not replying because you haven't sold them the idea of working at your company and they, they don't want to put in the extra effort if they are not sure if they want to work there mm -hmm. uh, and what he's suggesting flipping uh, the technical like yeah. pushing the technical later and having the in-person first really reminds me of um, sales and the thing that things that you hear in sales and business development training where you need to f kind of push for in-person meeting as soon as possible with a potential client or at least see each other online before you start talking about an offer before you start talking about anything else and i think it's is the same is the same principle here because we as engineers we're trying to improve the process and send tasks and only interview folks that and what you're saying about life coding uh, this is what our technical interview is actually uh, actually mm -hmm. is we we hook to the screen and uh, we have keyboards and we just, just start playing around with the project and see how the candidate thinks and this this is really good but um because i was i was uh phoning the candidates that uh, did not re respond and everyone was like oh i don't have the time for this task I don't have the time for this task. And what we started doing was, do you have a cold sample that you can send us so we can do the in-person interview? Which was also not very effective, but I think flipping is it, going to be effective. It take you a lot of time to get uh, through their code for their specific project. It, uh, the code that they have uh, sent you, they have written for someone else, it might look rubbish at first yeah. uh, look to you, yeah. but uh, maybe that's the way they wanted it. You know, you, you, you don't know their issues. It, it could have been that uh, the product owner is not good enough mm. or like the guy reviewing the code wasn't good enough. There, there are many uh, unknowns in that. It might work out, especially with juniors. Yeah. And uh, the thing that you said that uh, you are calling everyone, uh, this is this is crazy. <laughs> this is extreme inefficiency. Uh, the only the only reason that you can do that is to gain a little bit more of more experience in interviewing people. But once you have it, uh, this is not necessary. You have to call only the candidates that you think that they can make a good match. If you look at someone's CV and uh, you look, okay, this is this is rubbish. Uh, why, why why waste time calling uh, this person sometimes because oh, i'll tell you why yeah. why i'm doing it sometimes because you can uh, you want to give this particular person feedback that you know nobody's going to call him or her and you want to give them feedback and this may pay off and even if it if it don't if it doesn't it doesn't really matter but uh we get a lot of uh, candidates from outside of sofia that has just finished one of the popular academies mm -hmm. like you have softuni and you have teleric and they're applying for a job and if you are from for example targoviste mm -hmm. the chances of someone hiring you as an intern or junior are for me near zero and why I'm calling those people is I just want to give them 10 minutes of advice for how to actually land the job and that's the thing that they're currently doing is not going to work. And uh, this is just, as you mentioned, values part, part of our values. We are quite, how to say, caring about people and love to, to give back. Uh, if we can be of value to someone, then we are of value mm -hmm. to someone. And this has actually worked in the past because 
I have given feedback to folks that later came back to us and did much, much better. And even we started working with mm -hmm. them. And there is something else. Sometimes you receive a CV, it's almost empty. For mm -hmm. example, it's not for the position that you currently opened. But sometimes I can have a call with a candidate and realize that this person is actually pretty motivated and can be a great fit for a position that's going to be opened tomorrow or in a couple of weeks. And sometimes during the fall screening, I realize that this person that I'm talking to is like really motivated and may actually follow up in a couple of weeks to uh, actually solve the problem and start on a entry position or, 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 or somewhere else in the company. Yeah. And if you're not receiving like thousands of CVs, I think calling everyone. Yeah, we are not suffering from this problem. Yeah. For our last mm -hmm. recruitment round, we did 30, around 30, 30 interviews, which mm -hmm. is not a lot for sure. How many How many of them you had? Zero. Zero, okay. Yes. That's an interesting problem. Salve, salve, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, the way how I explained it, it, it makes a little bit difference, but this is like doing some charity work, which is, yeah. which yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. Someone, ha someone has to do it, and probably you've done uh, those guys well. Yeah, uh, if you look at the CV, and uh, if it's not uh, totally irrelevant, mm -hmm. you might say what, what, what you're doing, mm -hmm. but this is like an investment. You know, like uh, you'll spend 15, 20 minutes, and you eventually get a good candidate. Yeah. yeah. But for some of them, it's it's clear that they, they're not a good fit. Like, uh, there are candidates who might fit very good fits and ones who are like like they should apply somewhere else like uh, not for your job so you, you don't have to you should at least write them an email hey sorry we close the position or we yeah. choose to go further with other candidates so they know this is the, the good thing uh, yeah. uh, to do but for sure you don't have to speak with uh, everyone and at certain point uh, you guys as uh, managers of this company uh, for the initial round, uh, you should find someone else to do that job. Yep. Your, your time is uh, too precious, too expensive uh, to do that. That's why when, uh, let's say, when you come to the point where you need some uh, someone to help you with the uh, administration, HR, recruitment, etc., the first uh, step is to, to no, I, I was going to use the, the word outsource, not outsource it, but delegate, delegate. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. Delegate mm -hmm. it to someone, uh, to someone else, even with the initial interviews uh, as well. I mean, at at at, at certain point, uh, it's good to have uh, involvement in the recruitment. But at certain point, that should be delegated to the senior senior team, to the other managers that you are having. So you you can still be included, but on the final round. Let's imagine that you decide now to restructure your recruitment process. You have the phone call, of course. Then you have uh, one uh, online on-site interview, which is partly people, partly technical. Then you do the task. And then you can have one final meeting where it's a bit technical and, of course, another people's session. So I think, if you, <laughs> of course, it's, it's your choice if you want to do it like that. And you can join on the last session. Mm -hmm. And uh, that session will be for you to reevaluate the candidate if it's if it he or she is uh, good enough. But usually the decision should be in the people that interview the guy exactly, first yes. and they have evaluated uh, his or her uh, task. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with this. We are not there yet. That's why we can uh, afford doing it. Uh, and just to share something that has worked really well for us uh, in the past years, we uh, we are uh, organizing uh, a, a local meetup mm -hmm. called Django from Django Bulgaria. We're doing it every month. Uh, Django is Python web framework. And sometimes it was really, really valuable to invite potential candidates to join the meetup. 
and first listen to the topic. Uh, but we, we say come like 45 minutes earlier so we can just have a informal discussion and so and see how the, the the candidate thinks, how the candidate behaves. It's not, I would not call it exactly an interview, but this really, really helps you see the human side of the candidate and see if they're going to fit well within your company. So this has been working extremely well for us and I can recommend it too other folks doing as well you, yeah. you're doing great with those meetups with the podcast as well yeah. you're playing the, the long game uh, when we jump to the topic of uh, employer branding uh, yeah. this is essential to do it but also you have to do it for the people inside of the company and for the people outside but when you do it consistently you probably are already at that point where some people that you don't know personally mm. they write to us or they come meet you at one of those meetups at the fest and say hey you're a nice company i would like uh, to work for you yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, this is invaluable, like uh, uh, the cost of uh, hiring someone from, let's say, from a recruitment agency or is like three net salaries of that person or two gross, you know, it, it can be a lot of uh, money. Yep. And if you hire just one or two guys uh, or ladies uh, a year in that manner, you're saving a lot mm -hmm. of money and all the efforts you're putting for your employer branding, they're being repaid. They're being repaid yep. just with the hires who come directly to you. You 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 know how many are they, and the more are they, the more the investments you're doing in stuff like this, they're uh, repaying. For sure, and this is uh, by the way, this is what's happening right now. For the past uh, two three months, we we are receiving emails. Hey, I see you don't have an open position, but uh, here's my CV in case you have one, and uh, we are interviewing those people too. Uh, so, all right, thank you. I think this was quite uh, insightful for the interview process, and it was a it was a good role play for us, and I think mm -hmm. also a discussion. Uh, before we, I, I think we will also touch again on the interview process again, but uh, let's talk about payments and let's talk about job descriptions because mm -hmm. usually where people what I've seen people uh, people invest a lot of time is writing a good job description and then like it feels like nobody's reading that job description or most of the job descriptions, they kind of look the same, like mm -hmm. same keywords, same technologies, same think about competitive salary and stuff like this. So I was wondering, do you think if it's a good idea to just list a salary range as the most important part of a job description? And I know some of the Bulgarian platforms are trying to push for this so i would like to hear your opinion this can work really well for certain companies uh, we have some companies in bulgaria especially in the uh, gambling in the crypto sector where they are recruiters or even their managers they go on linkedin or whatever the platform is and directly message candidates hey this is our java role yeah. uh, the range is from 9k to 15,000, something like that all right and you're like, okay, this is great. <laughs> this sounds good. And they, they go and read the job description. About the, the job descriptions uh, themselves, uh, the job description is different from the job ad. It should be like an advertisement for your position. You just shouldn't uh, list, hey, you caught on that, this, this, and this, and there. It should be something that, uh, again, we, we come to the topic of sales, that yeah. is selling the role. Like, hey, look, this is cool stuff that we are doing. You do that, that, and that. The opportunities for your this, this, and this. The benefits for your that, that, and that. Our process is like that. Of course, if you can list the salary at the end of your uh, description, 
Amazing. Mm. This will work out for you. You don't have to interview candidates that you're not matching their salary expectation. <laughs> and of course, uh, I have never had a call in the past five, six years as a recruiter or whatever. I was recruiting someone where we have a call and uh, the people don't tell me their salary range or we don't have agreement what we All can right. offer them. Okay, and uh, this is very important because. So, so you think this is like standard now? Because we were also asking for salary expectations on on the phone screening, and it feels a bit. It still feels a bit dodgy on our end. Like mm -hmm. they don't don't have to tell us this, but everyone's just straight away telling their expectations and ranges. This is great, and uh, when they give you a range, let's imagine you're hiring for a certain role, and they say a certain sum, let's say ten thousand, but uh, you can give them eight as a maximum. Mm. The best way is to say, hey, my friend, uh, like I, I really like to talk with you, uh, but we we wouldn't be able to offer you that sum. The maximum we can go is eight. Mm. Is this fine for you? Like, if it's fine, let's continue. If it's not, tell me, I'll have your CV, I, I could call you next year or something like that. And if the person says, yes, I can go that low, I like you guys, this is fine. Go ahead, continue with the process. If the person says no, you're both winning. You don't waste each other's yeah. time. You don't hope to have a to have a placement for that uh, candidate. Of course, you can have a match somewhere. If you're fine with uh, telling the guy can tell you, hey, I want something between five and six. But mm -hmm. imagine your uh, uh, salary range for this position is like six and seven. You can directly tell the, the person, hey, This is this is fitting our salary range. If we come to make you an offer, we we can make you an offer in the high end of your range. That way, you know that you can afford this person, yep. and the person knows that it's worth for them to uh, join your recruitment, your lengthy recruitment process. Time, yeah. Yes, and in the end of the day, they will know that uh, okay, they can spend the time doing uh, your uh, your task. Otherwise, if you don't if you don't have that agreement. Why would I do that task? And in the end, you can offer me, let's say, 2,000 level less. Like, and we 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 could have been on a couple of interviews, uh, task at home, and I I could have spent like 15 hours for what? Like getting a lowball offer. Like it's not working. So this is good for you. This is good for your branding and for saving your time. Awesome. Definitely, you shouldn't have a, a initial phone screening without without knowing if you can afford from the poorest perspective uh, this candidate and you as a candidate probably a lot of people listening to us are like that they're candidates uh, somewhere they're not uh, business owners uh, you shouldn't go go into a long process without knowing they can offer you something that you're fine with otherwise it's just a huge waste of time that you could have uh, used that time for something else there is a detail here around If you're listing the the salary in the in, in the offer, for example, we sometimes are opening a position for for a given person, but we will, we will be more than happy if an overqualified person is uh, applying. Then we can negotiate negotiate higher salary and uh, put this person somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like if we are putting a range for the given. Sometimes you're not interviewing for a position. We are looking for nice people to join the company long term in general. Yes, for for sure. For the first couple of months, you're going to be in this position, but then we can decide to 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 put you somewhere else in the company. And I'm feeling like if you're putting a range in the job offer, we are like limiting the amount of people that may apply, because we'll be more than happy to double this amount of money if you are overqualified for the position and put you somewhere else. You can state it in the benefit section, in the in the way that you're selling your company. 
You mm-hmm. can also have it, uh, that thing on your website as well, like in the career section. Mm-hmm. You said like, you can make a, like a career job post there, like hey, if you don't find your mm-hmm. redial position, please apply, state something like that, that you're, you're more than fine to have okay. people like that. It can work out. And then we have the out. other scenario where we have a range, but the people, but the person that's, uh, but the candidate is like not good enough, but we still like him, so we can offer him Less, less money yeah. to, to, to start to join give him the opportunity or her yeah. to, to, to grow and uh, start in another position basically this should be communicated uh, mm-hmm. effectively with the with the person from okay. the other side yeah okay. but you, you can do it you can always say hey we like you but we don't think you're there yet mm-hmm. we can offer you that and that after a while uh, of course I don't know how, how you do it guys but you can say after if uh, successful you have a successful yeah if you have a successful trial period you can have let's say 500 1000 whatever uh, mm-hmm. your, your your number is uh, on the salary and then uh, you state uh, to this person how you do the salary review so they know what they can okay. expect you should always try when you're uh, telling people about your job openings to uh, sell them the idea that it's good to work for you and tell them why it's good for you and of course give them a path they should follow i'm not saying to go now and create a career path for everyone exactly. in the company this is uh, most of the time this is a huge waste of time and it won't be very efficient i don't know how people do it they now go on uh, chat gpt right mm-hmm. uh, write me a career path <laughs> or something come on this is uh, this is beyond yeah. stupid <laughs> uh but you can you can uh, go and say to the person next hey we know that you want that much we can offer you this after six months you'll get that on the first year if you do this this and this but it should be things that they're measurable not like improve your communication yeah. skills what, what the hell does that become uh, mean? better yeah become a better java developer <laughs> how you how you measure how you measure that like yeah you should have something that can be uh, measured and then you can give them the extra money and mm-hmm. they can uh, look at, at the future and follow that path it's the same for offering people senior roles management roles and of course whatever you offer them some uh, a new role with more responsibilities uh, you have to offer them the path through it and so they and, and the support of course let's let, let, let's have an uh, another scenario where you want to promote someone to a manager role you give them let's say how six months a year m- maybe a year for some of them but yeah. six months and you should tell them hey first initially you take control of those two guys yeah. you have to make uh, one-on-ones every two weeks how uh, you you sign them up for some kind of course it can be online it can be with a coach uh, you know private sessions you can start include them in your meetings so they know of course give them some books to read like uh, yeah we are not in school but there are certain books which are yeah. very valuable definitely that, yeah. and yeah if uh, that person is uh, working for you you can i think this is fine this is not dictatorship to go to someone and say hey i want you to read that book and uh, i want you to discuss that book with me Some people might say, oh, Peter, this is uh, stupid, mm-hmm. we are not in the high school. Okay, but uh, no, some people need to read books, and a lot of people don't read nothing. <laughs> so I think that's great, actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the end, I can tell you, that way you are showing people that you care about them, mm-hmm. that you care about their development, and if you can make it on a larger scale for more people in your organization, oh, you have a lot of loyal uh, people working for you, and uh, I'm sure they will walk the extra mile, And in the end of the day, you wouldn't need to pay for uh, advertisement. You have like how many? 30 walking advertisements of your company exactly. everywhere. Yeah. 
I, I want to summarize. We, we are going in a really good uh, direction, but I want to summarize first something that uh, Pesho said, and I think it's really valuable and important for everyone listening. In the initial phone screening, phone interview, have a conversation about the salary, both on the candidate candidate mm -hmm. side and both on the employer side. Uh, it's I think it's healthy to, to do it like this, uh, and it's uh, healthy to um, manage the expectations up front. And the other thing about salary ranges on the job description, I think this, for me, works best if you can offer higher than the industry standard because you want to attract like more candidates if you have more money. Like you, You've just raised uh, a good VC investment mm -hmm. and you basically have to spend it in order to grow. You can uh, go and pay salaries that are above the market rate. I, I believe this will op open up problems down the road in the future, yeah. but uh, just wanted to summarize this because it's quite important. And uh, we've had, we've had how to say, candidates that want really high salaries, but they're not there in uh, their technical skills based on our evaluation. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I was kind of wondering, should I be uh, honest to that, to that, part saying hey uh, you just want way too much money for what we are willing to willing to pay for your skills or just say good luck with your search and let the market decide this was this happened to us recently you know yeah. you shouldn't be too cocky with those fellas uh, you cannot uh, like uh, if the, the difference is huge you cannot negotiate sometimes so let, let, let's cut it out if someone oh, yeah. wants twelve thousand yeah. and you see their skills are like worth four or five where you meet you meet at eight or nine like it's uh, mm, a bit a bit naive yeah. yeah you might try you might try give them say yeah. hey this is what you want is too much for the based on their performance uh, we could offer you this i know it might sound low but if you want we can make an offer yeah. this works fine you're being honest with them you're not disrespecting them in any way you're just saying uh, <laughs> what's your evaluation on their skills Sometimes it might work out, but if if it works once, because some people they don't have the good evaluation how how much they're worth it. Yeah. They have heard, oh, in uh, okay, I won't say the companies that are giving a lot of money, but <laughs> company X is giving like uh, like twelve thousand. I might get it. A colleague of mine got it. I'm better than him. Okay, but probably you are not that good if yeah. they haven't given you an offer yet and you tried somewhere else. Okay, this uh, won't uh, work out. But yeah, I think this approach can work for you. You shouldn't say to them, oh, you want too much money. Uh, Okay. Yeah, we, we, for is, now we say is, best of luck. Yeah, yeah, it, it is it is what it is. It is yeah. what it is. You shouldn't get into that conversation because if you get and you say to them, oh, they'll think you're cheap if you answer them to that, that, yeah. that way. So say, okay, eventually we can offer you this and this or that's it, that's it. But uh, you, you shouldn't judge there. Uh, you, you, you cannot change it. You cannot. You, you can only offend them in a not a good way. We spoke, yeah. <laughs> we spoke about being offended. You know, like, a, yeah, this is being offended for them. If you say, oh, guy, you're rubbish. You cannot get uh, that money anywhere. And they'll be like, oh, I'll show you. And uh, I can tell you what will happen. A few years will pass. They will reach that uh, that level or they, they might get it eventually on the, on the spot because the interview process here is, uh, let's say, uh, evaluating some stuff 
on the other company, they might evaluate that guy and give him uh, that crazy money that he wants. And he, he will initially go to his friends or even at the conference and say, oh, those guys are cheap. Mm-hmm. Like they said, I, I suck, but company X, which is the greatest, yeah, uh, gave me took the money me and gave me the money. Yeah. So, yeah. In that case, just uh, just go move on. Move That's on. a good advice. Thank you. Mo- Thank you. Just on. wanted yeah. to welcome, yeah. to validate just, this video. Just move on, and even with the guys who are like too negative and toxic. Yeah. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you Cheers. for having you. Cheers. Yeah. And that's it. Great. And in order to wrap, I think, uh, for now, the discussion around recruitment from the mm-hmm. employer, uh, this, those words are really hard they are. For, for us Bulgarian-speaking folks, uh, from the employer point of view. Uh, do you see any current trends in the Bulgarian market that are kind of emerging and employers are uh, trying to follow and do in order to position themselves better? Oh, a lot of companies are now um, embracing the idea of having a better employer branding image. But it's a, it's it's a it's a long game like to mm-hmm. uh, to establish yourself at that point. Some people want very easy solutions. Of course, if you have a lot of money, you can put uh, your ad everywhere, online, billboards, yeah. whatever. It will have some effect, but uh, creating a long-lasting image, it takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, uh, effort. Of course, if you do all the stuff that similar to w- what you guys are doing, which is a very good example that many other companies can uh, follow, uh, and if you have some money to promote it more, this will bring very, very good results. About the interviews, we I already told you, a lot of companies now are having more rounds and more rounds. Uh, the last two years were different. Mm. Uh, it was like, hey, you you breed, you can code. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know how Come to here. make a WordPress site. Oh, great, uh, become a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. People mm. that I know, I've worked with them, they're like, which are like a bit lazy. Mm. Uh, they have gotten like crazy offers for certain companies. Now we've come to a process of. Uh, equilibration something like that mm-hmm. I, I cannot find the yeah. right english word market normalization yeah, yeah maybe maybe or downfall <laughs> or downfall, <laughs> downfall yeah. yes and now we are uh, stepping into the second uh, stage of uh, the big layoffs in mm-hmm. the tech industry we had them already in the big in the end of last year till yeah. the end of the first quarter this year now we will experience it again i'm like 19. do you think we're going to experience it here like they did in america yeah because last right. time we didn't experience it that bad, but now it will be it will be it will be worse than it was in the beginning of the year. In the beginning of the year we didn't feel it much in Bulgaria. Okay. But now we'll feel it more, unfortunately. But of course some companies they will gain new new customers, they will gain so some people will grow, but others, which will be the more of the most of the companies will experience some kind of uh, uh, losing uh, customers, losing some people, having to lay lay off some of them. How bad it will be? I cannot tell you. I yeah. hope it won't be that bad, but for sure we'll have uh, a higher percentage of unemployed people generally in the economy, not 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 only in the IT. All right. And this is already growing uh, through the European uh, Union. Uh, I just read that uh, they have the statistic for last month. The un- the median uh, average unemployment rate in the European Union rose to 6.9. It was like 5.3, whatever. Okay. In Bulgaria, it's still lower, to be honest. Uh, here, whoever doesn't want to work, that person doesn't work. Yeah, but I think it will the unemployment will grow, for sure. And in IT as well. We still have a lot of job openings. People can find some kind of job, but the nicer jobs are way, way less. 
So uh, people should embrace for not getting those high, high salaries that they're expecting and sure. not getting the bonuses that... Um, I think almost everyone in the uh, software industry expects a 13th salary. Yeah. It's like, uh, just kind give it standard. to me. It's part of the package. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, well, whoever let's... whoever gets it this uh, this Christmas, they're lucky. <laughs> they work for a company with the good financial results. But we have we have also the case where the company is doing uh, well, and they still cut off people. Like uh, a, lo a lot of companies do it, and yeah, they don't like yeah. to. Yeah, they don't like to give bonuses mm -hmm. because they feel uncertain. This mm -hmm. is the this is the problem. The uncertainty what is going to come in the next yeah. uh, year, and for sure the first and the second quarter probably they won't be good for the overall economy. Yeah. And you cannot have a thriving IT business with uh, high um, high uh, bank rates, mm. for sure, for sure. Let's book a meeting in one year so we can uh, discuss. Are you promising another episode? <laughs> so <laughs> I have this problem of promising during uh, filming our Hackcast season, seasons, I always promise future episodes. Teddy, I'm sorry about this. We have a list of 10. We already paid one off. So little by little. We'll While booking this. two new. <laughs> yeah. But let's let's talk again in a year because this is, uh, this is going to be an important topic. And uh, we can now move towards the... It, it's a great conversation so far. And I'm not sure we're going to cover everything we want to cover, <laughs> and we might have to invite you again, <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you have. Uh, um, I'll come. I'll come. Don't worry. <laughs> if you felt positively about the experience, <laughs> uh, the next topic that I want to cover is again recruitment, but this time from the point of view of the candidate, mm -hmm. the employee, and. Usually, like the question, the number one question there that people ask, and uh, I see a lot of um, advice that's being given on LinkedIn is about the CV. Mm -hmm. So, wh wh why do you think about the CV? I is it that important? Like, uh, do you need to have a fancy CV with layouts and images and color, or just a simple Word document is sufficient? Uh, the politically correct answer is it depends okay. <laughs> and, and it really do it depends where are you in your career journey if you're just beginning your career your CV should be uh, very nice yeah maybe not too colorful come on it's not, uh, it's not you, you don't apply for a circus probably we're speaking about IT people in the end yeah. but you should uh, showcase your projects what have you uh, as an education if you have some um, I, you know, I already mentioned projects done, give them the links to GitHub or whatever, you have uploaded them, this might do the trick. And uh, I really often go to certain academies and mm. also to the technical university as well, and I speak to students and I tell them, hey, uh, in your CV you should have uh, several things, portfolio, whatever you're a technical person or you're yeah. some from the creative uh, type of guy or girl, uh, you also should write what kind of project you've done, what technologies you have used. It should be nicely listed. If you have some trainship that are like technical trainship, like developer, right. QA, whatever, you should have them on CV. You should write what you've done, what kind of company you work for, of course, uh, for the skills as well. When you, when you begin your career, those are the important stuff. Yeah. Wh when you move ahead and you have like 10, 15 years as developer, of course, you should have a nice CV as well. Like uh, for me, it's really important as someone that has screened through thousands of CVs to uh, when I look at your uh, CV to see where you've been working. 
okay, you might, when you have been through different companies, you might not write, uh, uh, my company was the best in that and that and that. Yeah. Okay, one sentence, what, what that company was doing, like payment provider, yeah. service yeah. company, good enough. I might go on ahead and look, look for it. Then what kind of project you've done with what kind of technology? If you have been a manager, how many people you have managed? Do you have some successes there? If you've been in sales or marketing, uh, some numbers, if uh, it's not forbidden, of course, by yeah. your contract. But yeah, it's much better to see like, if we're hiring some sales guy to say, hey, I close that kind of deals or that kind of customers. It's much more like uh, appealing when you see it that way. And if you want to hire a business developer here, yeah, you, you can have two guys, one of them written, uh, I've managed that kind of projects, and the other one can write, I managed to bring like 5 million in revenue. Come yeah. on, who are <laughs> calling first? Like the 5 yeah. million guy, like, like he'll, yeah. be, he'll be the first one that you uh, give a call. So yeah, it, it depends where when we are in our career, but we should most of the time put what we have done right in a nicely way. The CV is a marketing tool. Marketing tool. It's also aimed to sell ourselves to someone. Like this is this is really important. That's why either if it's for someone junior or for someone later in their career path, it should look fine and it can open you many doors. I have now the case where I have sent it, um, a guy I know to a certain company which are like they have very interesting software. They pay crazy money for uh, their developers, and they give me feedback. We cannot find out what the guy does, and uh, then I take another look through his CV. He wrote only the technologies he have uh, used in different company. <laughs> yeah, Java, <laughs> no, just nothing else. And yeah. they were like, we want to know more. So I had to, again, mm. speak with him, <laughs> make him rewrite CV, uh, answer me to me a couple of questions about the project that he had done there. And they have invited him on the on the meeting after that. But yeah, probably he have missed a lot of opportunities because of his not so nice CV. Yeah. And he has many years of experience. I know he's a good developer because uh, we've uh, we worked together and uh, yeah he was doing uh, quite fine <laughs> so yeah the CV is still important uh, especially when the market is not good if you receive 10 messages each day hey come work for us mm. uh, then you might send them uh, like an, an empty an empty letter but when the market is not fine and you All want right. to put your foot ahead yeah then your CV should be should be good and it's again marketing and sales you, you have to present yourself in the best possible way if you want to land a good job and uh well just like a side question pictures in cv what's your what's your opinion or view on that should people include pictures of themselves in the cv or not uh if they look good <laughs> for sure for sure people some people we live in a society where mm. now the uh, social justice warriors are thriving the political correctness etc mm. but i'm uh, i'm telling to the to the company owners and the hr and the recruiters that have, have some trainings don't look for the picture but if you know that you look fine go ahead and put the picture it's a basic uh, psychology the good yeah, people so the attractive people they always get a little bit easier ahead in life of course there can be prejudice if you're looking very nice they said oh he or she she's there because they look good yeah it might be that way but i can tell you the attractive people on whatever position they are on whatever job they are doing just because they look good they get more sympathies so you can get that sympathies even from your uh, cv yeah. So yeah, this is what I tell some of the people that I'm consulting. Like I said, for some of them, say, hey, you don't have to put the <laughs> the picture. For some others, it's like, of course, how you will not put the picture there? Yeah, but yeah. because most of the uh, folks that are going to do the recruitment are going to research, like check your uh, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. LinkedIn, Twitter, 
and uh, it might sound like uh, you are entering someone's private life, mm -hmm. but sometimes you you just want to get a feeling of this person before you get to talk to this person. So uh, for for folks out there, just just be aware that this is happening, and if you're having something that's uh, how to say quite inappropriate in some of your social medias. Mm -hmm. Especially, Perhaps don't link it. Especially if it's public. I mean, many prof Facebook profiles are actually public. So while doing the oh, yeah. research, you're not diving into private life because it's basically public. So you need to really carefully set your Facebook settings on what's actually public and what's set not. Set your Facebook settings. And Instagram and everything. Just to just to ensure mm. that your private life is not publicly on the internet. Yep. I've been working with the lady. She was uh, part of my team. And uh, at some point she complained that uh, people are creeping on her Instagram. And I told her, uh, lock it. Don't let everyone see because she she's a nice looking lady and she had a lot of pictures from her uh, summer vacations. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you think people do? They go there, they find you on Instagram. She have a name which is easily recognizable, and they look uh, yeah they look at your body. <laughs> I can yeah they cannot perceive you seriously after that. Yeah, it's a problem that people do it that way. But why you should like express it in that way? Eventually, she was like, "Okay, this is sexist, etc." I said, "Okay, I'm, I'm telling you how 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 I how I feel feel about it." And uh, yeah, people, yeah. some people are creeps for for sure. Like it's oh yeah, we we cannot change it uh, one exactly. way or another. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have this discussion so yeah. we can have the message to people: uh, look at your social media accounts, look at their privacy settings, and just make the decision what you want to be public and what you want to be private. Because especially when you're applying for a job, those things are being looked at. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And then she decided to to close the account, and then she felt uh, she felt the, the positives of it. Yep. Definitely, definitely, because you know it takes a, a bit of effort if you want to go follow someone. They should accept you, yeah. etc. It's very different, and you can uh, decide who to see what. Otherwise, oh yeah, and then it's intent. And why why is the CEO of this company trying to follow me on Instagram? You know, it's, it's <laughs> mo most of the yeah. time they they wouldn't even do it. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And uh, usually alongside CVs, there's this dreaded thing called uh, motivational letter or cover letter mm -hmm. uh, that some companies are still requiring and some folks are still sending when they apply. Um, personally, whenever I see right now a mm -hmm. motivational or cover letter, I don't read it because it's most probably ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. And it's not it's not the person. It's, if, if it's the person, great. I would read it, but... It's really hard to know, and most of the time it's just ChatGPT. So, cover letters should die, and they should have died yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, uh, my message to the people that are requiring cover letters is like, stop, don't, don't do it. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm not about to write a CV why I want to work for your company, which I'm not really familiar with. Mm. It's, it's for me, it's cringe to want it, and of course, people use ChatGPT to write it. If you really like the company and you want to apply for the right why you want it by yourself, like it will be better. Of course, you can touch it a little bit with uh, Chat uh, GPT. I, I use it on a daily basis as my assistant. For sure. Yeah, and it can make your text better. But don't let Chat GPT write it for you with the prompt. I can tell you because I've uh, done a lot of experimentation with the prompt. In the end of the day, all the prompts are the same. Uh, chat GPT currently, if you use it just with the prompt thinking, oh, it will generate me something unique. No, 
it's a big pl- plagiarism <laughs> machine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and and it's very disappointing. Initially, I had another another thoughts about it, but now it's like how many? I don't know, eight nine months I'm using it since they uh, rolled out last yeah. la- last year, and I'm definitely not happy with the with the quality. Also, it had dropped. I have used both the premium version and the free one. Mm-hmm. I don't see much of a difference. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm not happy with ChatGPT. I don't know if you're a fan <laughs> of it, uh, guys. Uh, I still use it. I still use it on a daily basis. Yeah, but Our yeah. first episode for season four uh, is actually with mm-hmm. uh, Doncho, and we discussed AI and modern AI tools in general. So there are quite a lot of uh, discussions mm-hmm. around ChatGPT. I can agree that I, I am still to be convinced that prompting is that magical thing, but... Uh, we'll, we'll see. You mostly get the same the same results, no matter the no matter the prompt. Yeah, speaking about cover letters, I think you can distinguish yourself with the CV way better than actually putting the effort to write a cover letter. Mm-hmm. If you're applying for, let's say, for a development position, just put a couple of hobby projects, GitHub links, you know, something on top of it just to ca- yeah. capture the attention yeah. instead of writing like a wall of text uh, how you are motivated to work in this exact company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't really read the uh, cover letters. Yep, they're they're unnecessary, Absolutely. and they should die. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to close this topic, do you see any trends uh, on the side of the candidates? Something that most people started doing recently or not doing recently? Uh, candidates started to apply more <laughs> 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 for the reasons that we already stated. Yeah. Uh, the smart candidates are also trying to apply via people they know at the cur- current company. And uh, this is something that I uh, tell at each of uh, every my lectures or consultations that you should go and try to find someone that works there. First of all, to get some uh, inside knowledge. Is this company worth worth it? Because I have made the mistake going in a place where uh, it, it sucked. It sucked big time <laughs> without doing my research. And I was thinking back then that I was, uh, I was really smart. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't smart. And uh, it was terrible experience initially. Then I managed to fix some things out. But yeah, go, go and research the company. If you find someone to um, refer you, go ahead. Like uh, referring you is the best way to get an interview. I'm telling. I can you. agree on the employer side. Yeah, like the if, if the referrals in each company that I have worked for and I have consulted for, which are like fifteen or twenty companies already, are always the best way to get an interview. Of course, if you <laughs> suck at the interview, <laughs> yeah, they, they <laughs> wouldn't get you if uh, like uh, like the sister of the boss is not referring you. But yeah. most of the time, in the IT <laughs> industry, it's not like that. Thankfully, yeah, yeah, thankfully, thankfully, yeah, thankfully. And, uh, and and this is another topic about recruitment and rotation. Of course, the people that you are working here or in whatever the company, they should know that everyone that is being hired is being hired because they're good. Mm. Not because they're uh, the third cousin of the father of the yeah. brother of uh, one of the bosses or whatever, or because uh, uh, Goshu, who is manager, referred his uh, the wife of his friend or whatever. Like this is this is terrible. Like uh, and uh, we shouldn't hire people based on quota or something mm. like mm. that. We should hire people based on skill and if they can do the job and they can fit in the team as well, based yeah. on skill and yeah, uh, we can talk about this later. But uh, Referral Teddy, we we got Teddy thanks to our referral, and we've been working with her uh, for I don't know how many years, five years so far, and 
almost five yeah and we'll most probably we, we have a lot of plans we'll continue working and growing uh what we do here what we do here at hacksoft that's really interesting i know people that would say i don't want you to refer me because that way everyone would think that i'm here because i got referred i would just apply my cv in the normal straight way to the boss inbox and that way i'll be happy if i got the work but if not that that's fine because i didn't get referred which is pretty limited way of thinking i think yeah, p- p- people can be not smart uh, <laughs> in every situation this is this is one of them this is one of them i had a friend of mine who didn't wanted his wife to refer him to a job at his company they're working for a very big pharmaceutical mm. company okay. and he stayed a couple of months without a job in the end of the day uh, he he was needing the money uh, his wife referred him for a different position not in the same uh, mm-hmm. uh, section whatever they're like thousand people they hurt him. I said, why? And I was like, uh, very harsh. Him. I said, why are you so stupid? Like, you, you <laughs> could have gotten that job like uh, three, four months ago. And he's a very, very well paid, like almost getting five numbers uh, as a seller. I said, you're like so much money back. <laughs> like you lost it, lost them. You, you were doing nothing at home. Like I said, he said, and he said something very similar to, oh, they'll think that my wife mm-hmm. who is also manager there is uh, having a lot of her people there. And but they're already doing that. Like, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, some people, they don't want to play the game. They said, oh, I don't want to be involved in office politics, etc." All right. But still, if you can get a job, you should go ahead and take it. If you play, uh, I'm a Mr. Nice Guy and I want to play by all the rules, where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I would say to, for this, to this example, sometimes you have to let people uh, kind of go with their limiting beliefs so they can get rid of them Mm-hmm. Once they have suffered for some time, because then the lesson will stick. Uh, this this would be my my comment here, and I think Teddy, we can make a small uh, pause just to get some air and uh, see what next we want to talk about. And we are back after the break, but before we continue, we are aiming to reach 1,000 subscribers in YouTube. So please, if you like the content, subscribe. And we are also doing a giveaway. When we reach 1,000 subscribers, this is the Dust Keyboard Professional 6 with brown switches. It's be going to give away to someone from the 1,000 subscribers. Yeah, even if you have already been subscribed, we're going to pick one of you and send this beautiful, beautiful keyboard. So, you know what to do. Subscribe to our channel so you get more of this good content. And now... Back, back at the topic. Uh, what kind of keyboard do you use, or do you use any keyboard at all? Uh, I, I do use a keyboard. I use also two screens. If I all had right. the opportunity, I would use three screens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't do programming on them, but it's much better when you have them uh, all the different parts that you're uh, do, doing stuff, and it's, yeah, it's it, it's great. But uh, I was thinking to myself that uh, I have like five or six uh, different Gmail accounts. Uh, I would subscribe with them all to. <laughs> you can increase your chances. <laughs> that yeah, would work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you will get a good keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would subscribe with the with the podcast, with the forum account, with yeah. the <laughs> with. The Go go, my please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, pretty big, uh, how to say, nerds about keyboards. Ivo, Ivo especially, he has uh, quite the custom keyboard. Yeah. I'm just running with a standard dust keyboard without any labels. And yeah, we just 
part, part of our yeah, job. Enjoy stuff, typing. This stuff looks expensive, so it's not really standard, I would say so. Standard is Logitech. <laughs> uh, the, for, the standard from the expensive, yes. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can go expensive and non-standard also. Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> customize it and go really, really crazy. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's part of part of the job because we take pride of doing what we do and you can customize your tool, so it's, it's quite effective. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so far, I think the discussion has been great. Uh, we did a lot of practical examples. We did a lot of back and forth discussions. And right now, my suggestion is to touch a little bit upon retaining because we were talking about recruitment so far. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion would be to touch upon retaining from the employer point of view. And if uh, Peshu feels good about the podcast, we will be more than happy to invite him again so we can cover more of this topic because the topic of retaining is also vast and quite big and we can talk for hours there so let's let's start like this a company hires you as a consultant because they have a problem very particular problem they cannot retain their people Mm -hmm. they uh folks are living within the first year of being hired again what are the most important things that you're going to start doing and start looking at in order to figure out how to approach a problem? I will. Uh, th- my approach will be similar when uh, you know when, when you have that kind kind of problem. Is it with retention or recruitment? You always start in the same way with interviewing people inside of the company. Okay. Of course, I'll first see how the managers see it. Get your uh, view, point of view, why you think the people are leaving. Then I'll go speak with the people themselves. If I know some of the people that they have already left the company, I might give them a call as well to say, hey, Gosho, right. why did you left uh, this place? What you didn't like about them? Uh, it's very important for a great deal of companies to have exit interviews. They are hugely neglected. HR, manager people are like, why would I, uh, bless you, interview someone when they're leaving uh, our family? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 the family doesn't care about you, but they're like, oh, we're, we're a whole family here. Yeah. We, we should find out why, why those people don't want to be part of the family uh, anymore. What are, again, the values of that uh, family? What is the pay package <laughs> of the okay. family as well? And uh, are those things that people say on the interview? the same as they're in the company. Mm. It also come up, here we can speak about the culture of the company because sometimes you can sell them an idea. Here it's the best thing ever, like we do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they come, it's nothing like that. There is a difference between the values and the true life of, uh, yeah. of a company. If, if we do that, if I find out what are the problems, then we can start uh, solving them. A lot of time, the problems are uh, again, once again, either connected to money uh, or um, something that's not true on the interview, mm. you know, a lie or a mi- mispresentation of mm-hmm. uh, the work, which is really essential. If you have said to somebody, hey, you work on new features, the client is pretty great, etc., etc., and you put that person into a legacy project, come on, that yeah. person yeah. will leave for sure, for sure. Uh, again, there might be new competitors on the market who are giving a lot of more money. That can be a problem too. Mm-hmm. Usually not for everyone, but most people, they live in their first year because they're disappointed by the job itself and by their boss and their colleagues. If this is the problem, this is something a bit harder to to fix and it takes a lot more effort. It takes uh, maybe 
uh, how to say coaching mentoring some of the managers yeah. and if those managers and people there they don't like to listen they don't look for the feedback they don't want to improve it anyway those problems will stay there for sure but the first thing is that self-realization or realization what is the what is the problem and how we can uh, what are the steps so we, c- we can take to fix it sometimes there are certain teams which are experiencing uh, very high turnover rates mm. and uh, the managers i mean uh, the boss of the company they fail to see the persons uh, doing uh, those uh, problems they might be their friend etc but if you have certain teams with very high uh, turnover rates and you have others where the turnover rates are zero because i've seen it you might want to ask yourself why is that happening and you might want to speak with the people living and in the end probably the answer will be they leave because because of a certain person sometimes the company should let some people go hire others on their places yeah. so the company g- can go uh, forward yeah of course you can try to work with those people sometimes their attitude is fixable mm. but sometimes it's not nothing nothing absolutely nothing breaks the morale of of a good person of a good professional uh than uh, the company tolerating uh, toxic people and okay. bad managers yeah. So yeah, uh, this was uh, that's what uh, I was going to ask you. That from your experience, people are more often leaving because of bad management and toxic management rather than just salary and uh, and the the financial part of it. Because yeah, we we we've had so internally. Uh, I think we've never had a toxic manager, toxic some someone who has been toxic and uh, has stayed in the company for 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 a long time i can agree yeah we uh, never had but we're a small company yeah and we know each other and if someone shows any signs of toxicity we try to address it and if we cannot address it then of course we we, we part ways but in most of the companies you're kind of stuck in a team where you have no say and your manager might be toxic and if you try to raise this issue with the upper management they most probably won't have the time or will not mm-hmm. care as much and you're just you know there and you have to suffer with this with this manager this is the experience that, that that i get from talking to uh friends and folks who work at especially big corporations at big, big companies and they often ask for advice and i'm not really sure what kind of advice except for just find a different job or try to try speaking with the boss uh, like those are my my two uh, most um, given advices. Try speaking with not your manager, but someone above your manager, or just find a, a different job. And they often feel really stuck in this company. I can tell you by my own experience. Mm-hmm. I have worked for five different companies as an employee. I mean, in the IT world, and in uh, I've left four of them <laughs> and only one case I have left because I received a, a really amazing offer all the three other times they were because I didn't see a path forward or I didn't like the people that uh, maybe the manager that I was uh, working with but yeah sometimes you receive an offer which is a great offer like 50 60% than higher than your current salary yeah and if the job is okay Come on, you, you should take the money. Like uh, we don't get that many chances in our life to make uh, such a such such a you know such, such amount of money when we're uh, uh, working as uh, employees yeah. somewhere and we're not businessmen. So yeah, I'm telling people if you get such an offer and the company is not bad, 
because sometimes you might get that offer from a bad company, then you might think about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it worth it? It can be worth it. It can be worth it. You can work one or two years just to get the money, like uh, uh, buy a new car, pay your mortgage, and then go somewhere else or get the needed experience to move mm -hmm. ahead. You know, we can yeah. make it. But for me, most of the time, it was that I didn't see a career progression. And yeah, sometimes you have to make a leap, like go somewhere else, find better opportunities, etc. But the last time I changed my jobs, I didn't do it for the money. I got a very small uh, raise in percents. It was mm. like 10%. I still okay. moved up, which was great, yeah. but it was not because of the money. I, I was ready just to, to move to another job because there were too many uh, problems that too, I, I, I couldn't uh, solve. Like they were right. too, 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 too up high in the <laughs> on the ladder. And, and uh, no one was listening to you? No one was talking oh, no, to you? No. Or you've been ignored? I'll, I'll tell you the exact situation because yeah. it, it's an interesting one. Um, I was hired to grow a very big IT hub for one foreign company here. I worked there for a year. Mm -hmm. On the first week, I was uh, greeted by one of uh, the managers here in Sofia after I returned from their HQ, which is in uh, one Western country, very fancy office, amazing place. Yeah. I returned here. Their office here was uh, very, very shitty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was terrible. Uh, and uh, when, I, when I returned, uh, one of the managers greeted me. He told me, I don't know why are you here, I said. What do you mean? He said, like, this company sucks. People don't want to work here. Everybody wants to leave. I don't know what to, what to do here. And I was like, oh, damn. This, maybe this was a mistake. I got there for much more money than my previous company, where I was yeah. respected and people liked me a lot uh, to, this, to this day. And I was like, okay, this is bad. This is bad. And it was bad. It was very bad for like three or four months. But we did a lot of job together with the other managers. We improved a lot of stuff. There were a lot of salary raises. We changed the office. We bring more benefits. It was very hard work. But in the end, why I left the place, uh, the political games kicked in. Uh, there was a change of the CTO on a global level. And the previous CTO was very favorable of the Bulgarian uh, office and people. And yeah, we managed to hire like 20 people for a year, which is not my greatest result, but it wasn't bad either because the salaries were <laughs> really low. Uh, and uh, we had to build an Android team here in Bulgaria together with the senior lead Android that we have from uh, Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. And we were like having a lot of interviews with nice people. But the last round of those interviews was them meeting the app manager from uh, that foreign country. He was cutting the good candidates or like uh, signing uh, offer letters, but much lower than what they were expecting. Yeah. And we had the case of trying to hide a senior Android guy for like uh, three almost 4,000 level, which wasn't great even that time. It wasn't that long ago. And the guy was like, no, we, we will give him 3.3. And I was like, come on, it's like 200 uh, euro uh, less than what the difference. Yeah. yeah, and all, what are the salaries in their country? No. In the end of the day, uh, my, 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 my friend, my guy here from, from, uh, from Bulgaria, he got a call from one of his colleagues from his team there. He said, hey, the new uh, app team manager, the new CTO, they don't want you to have that team there but they don't want to tell it to you. And that's why they are rejecting everyone. He told me that I was uh, livid. I, I went crazy. Mm -hmm. it, there was es immediate really escalation. Okay. Nothing else happened after that. And at that very point where I was very, very disappointed because we lost a lot of people. We didn't do nothing. And that was happening for other positions too. But you know, sometimes uh, you need time to pass mm -hmm. to see the picture. Yeah, why certain exactly. things are happening. And I was very angry. 
that point, uh, someone messaged me on LinkedIn. Things happened very fast and I left the company right away. And I left it, I told you, with just a little bit of a race, which is fine. But yeah, I didn't do it for the money. Like I was very, very offended <laughs> by their treatment and uh, yeah, lack of, uh, I don't know, transparency and uh, trust and whatever we call it. Yeah, it was very bad. I, c- I can completely understand. We we had such experience with clients where uh, there was a change on like senior lead- leadership position and then political games started mm-hmm. happening. And we're quite... I would say direct, like not not in a bad way, but uh, if there is a problem, we like to, for it to be stated and to figure out a, uh, a solution. So w- the moment that you re- realize that it's not you, but it's rather a political game and you have no play in it, it's it feels really, really bad. And that's why we take pride uh, that we are completely 100% Bulgarian-owned company because our retention policy is uh, can be summarized as just be a good human being with everyone in the company we talk a lot we try to help our people grow we try to address problems at the very early moments when they arise and i think this is this is paying off because some sometimes we are doing things as i mentioned with uh, with the phone calls because we feel that this is the right thing to do and not necessarily it has a business uh, it has a business value i would even say that uh, we do a lot of things that has no business value but we feel it's the right thing to do because this is the value of of the of the company of hacksoft and the people who work here uh they see this and they um what's the word for it uh, appreciate it yeah and that's why sometimes whenever I see a company with someone from west of Bulgaria, usually owning uh, the the majority of that company, I always have this thing in my mind that you are just you are working there, but you are just a line in the spreadsheet. That's that's fine. You're most probably getting a good salary. You're most probably fine with your with your job, but you're aligning a spreadsheet, and someone far away from here might decide that you have you're an expense that needs to be cut, and you will just lose your job, or mm-hmm. you will be managed out. I think this is this is the correct terminology for mm-hmm. for the corporate uh, political games, and this is at least for me this is the worst. The possible environment that a person can be in, but again, mm-hmm. personal opinion. That's why that's why we're building our company in this way. I will suggest to you and uh, to the people that are listening to us at this very point to check about one American philosopher, Martin E. Freeman. He has written uh, something called uh, the stakeholder theory. At his stakeholder theory, uh, he explains much of the stuff that you already uh, explained uh, just right now. That uh, if you're doing uh, business in an ethical way to all the stakeholders to your employers to your clients to each other uh, like uh, even some external contracts that say mm. consultants that you're working with and you're good with them you're ethical and you don't try to like uh, yeah okay i will not i will not swear uh, you know trick them <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay find yeah. a, a word that doesn't need to be censored you don't try to trick them in the end of the day you create much more value for yourself and you do a business that is good for you and for society you don't have to do a business that uh, uh, tricks some people into working for no money or just taking stealing from them etc or not paying them whatever it is so 
Yeah, or it's squeezing them out and then hiring again. You know, yeah, because leaving I've seen them burned this, out. Yeah, and but this, pattern yeah. also. Uh, this way, this way of work is going to die because there are not enough people. If you, the the business model where you squeeze people out mm. all the time and you have to hire new ones, it's getting very hard to do. How many people you can afford to hire? Uh, you know, pe- and people n- nowadays they like they like to write <laughs> online. Yeah. yeah. If you if this is your culture, uh, the people will go to Abayerabutudate <laughs> or uh, Glassdoor, <laughs> and they will start to hear terrible things about you. Or the DevBG group in oh, Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a friend with uh, one of the one of the admins, and I told him like I'm I'm not joining this group. It's a c- complete <laughs> crap. <laughs> of course, sometimes I read they they post interesting stuff. Uh, some of the memes are uh, some of the memes, memes are good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, and that. That's it. That's it. But yeah, people can go ahead and uh, write it online. And one, one it, once it's there, how you how you make someone delete it? What you give them a call? Hey, uh, Joro, remove this, or I will send you someone. <laughs> this is really hard. We, yeah. it, it's it's not about an employee, but we we had a prospect client that we were talking with, and he was uh, to send us some additional material so we can take a look and mm-hmm. uh, quote him. But his email got caught in the uh, spam filter. And we never got it. And it turns out that his email was misconfigured. We have to, after this, we, we we checked, but and it was also a mistake on our end because we never followed followed him up. Hey, we are still waiting for yeah. for the things. And he went to uh, our Hacksoft office location in Google Maps uh, and, and, wrote and wrote a really bad review. And we, we were very shocked because th- we, there's nothing we can do. There's really nothing we can do, and uh, he didn't want to talk to us because he thought uh, we ghosted him, and you know, this was this was this was not a situation. So yeah, uh, people writing bad stuff about you online, especially when you are uh, in, in in the software industry, because if you are a consumer business, then this is more manageable as a consumer business because. People are used to um, trashing on consumer businesses online and it's not that bad for the reputation. But when you are hiring and your reputation is quite important, then this this can be really bad. And I know stories about companies that um, really trashed their reputation and people didn't want to work there. I'm, of course, not going to, to tell it, but what um, Pesho is saying is actually true. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you want to... Yeah, I just want to say that every time I'm phone screening a potential candidate, I'm asking, hey, why are you leaving your your previous yeah. workplace? And there's always a reason, potentially a couple of reasons, uh, most most often basically the same reason, but, but I'm asking, hey, did you talk with someone for that? And like 90% of the cases, the answer is, no, I didn't, because my manager probably is really busy or I just don't want to talk about it. And people are generally not talking about their complaints. They're, 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 they're just leaving. Did you? That's a pattern. I, I was going to bring this up. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah, that's a pattern. Did you see this pattern? Uh, what, what what companies ki- can do against it and uh, basically how, how to prevent such scenarios? Because this really common pattern in my view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, pff, of course, we can start again with uh, with it depends. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's imagine we're the we're the employers. Uh, the best way not to make people say bad stuff about us online is to treat them fairly, like you already explained that you're doing, uh, guys. Uh, and uh, we should send out people out of the company with dignity. 
I have a lot of cases that I know that uh, when someone puts their papers, uh, the attitude toward that person changes. This is terrible. There is no need to do it. The market in Bulgaria is small enough. And, uh, you know, I, I told you I've changed uh, yeah. four or five companies and uh, my current company and then the one before. I have hired a lot of people that I already have worked somewhere. Uh, also, as a consulting, I'm uh, working with uh, previous guys that I have worked somewhere else. Probably the next company that I will work with. Yes, it can. I mean, as a full-time manager or whatever, it can be some some people that I don't know or uh, whatever. But the chance is that I will go somewhere where people know me, or at least one of the top guys or bosses or girls yeah. there know me as well. But if uh, we've put that bad attitude towards them. They wouldn't call me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why it's important also for you when uh, you send people out of the company to be in good relations with them because in time some of them they will do their own business, some of them they can bring you business, and eventually they can bring you another people because let's say you have some senior developer who has been with you for like one, two, three years, whatever. The guy doesn't fit here anymore for certain reasons. Maybe you you cannot offer him something else, and he goes somewhere else. He can call you after two, three months and say, hey, I have someone that wants to work. Do you want to check him out? Or, hey, mm-hmm. my company, we got that kind of business. We cannot do it alone. Do you want to work with me? If you send this person in a bad way, he will not give you a call. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, he ca- the least he can do is go online and say, hey, they suck. Yeah. 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 But, but I don't know if you have that kind of cases, but I've, I've seen it many, many times, especially with the service companies. Sometimes they, they benefit a lot from the people that are not already there. So, and I, um, from one of the my, my previous companies, they're still trying to maintain very good contacts with their former employees. And when they have some kind of party, etc., they invite most of their former employees and they are not afraid that uh, their current employees will be headhunted because they can be headhunted. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. But yeah, it creates a very like very family-like uh, vibes, which is, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Yeah. We are circling around this uh, topic, yeah. but... I think we are going to leave it for the for the next episode. Yeah. I have written here we are we are family, and we 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 have experienced the positive sides of, of this. We, we we've actually gotten new business from uh, folks that have that used to work for us, and yeah. we've actually gotten recommendations for other people to join us. So uh, it is hard. Uh, I would I would just make the other the other arguments as as the business owner. Sometimes it's hard to see people leave. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of feel betrayed because you've put it, put in a lot of effort and energy in bringing them up and making them who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, this this may be more of a limiting belief. But I just want to give the per- because I've talked with other uh, business owners, they we all feel the same. We sometimes you just feel betrayed for mm-hmm. for someone leaving for not a good reason in your own opinion for them mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. course it is a better reason uh so there there's also that and sometimes the bad behavior towards a uh, certain uh employee leaving comes from this oh you're betraying me and yeah. that's why i'm going to i don't know how to act and i'm going to make your life miserable all right i think we have a lot of things to talk about in a second episode, because we are coming near the end of this particular episode. So I want to close with um, two things. The first the first one is going to be a bit philosophical uh, and in line with uh, talking about HR and, and recruitment. And it goes like this. 
what do you want to see in the industry after 10 years so you can say things have changed for the better? Hmm. Okay, this is a question that's uh, uh, getting me off guard. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really philosophical and yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about it. So, but we have to think about what, what means it's better. I would like to see more companies in Bulgaria who are owned by uh, Bulgarians producing value that is staying here in the country. Because currently, at the moment, like 85, 90% of uh, whatever you're, you're doing here in the IT industry, even maybe more, uh, it's for uh, someone else, somewhere in some place far away. West of here. Uh, west of here. Uh, it could be east. Uh, also east, yeah. 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 Ma ma much more is west, yeah. it's, uh, for geopolitical uh, reasons. Uh, uh, and also the big companies that we are having uh, here, we, we know them, we know them with the big offices, etc. They're just uh, R&D branches, you know, like they're, they're not core business. One uh, one snap, you know, you know Thanos. If you watch the the Marvel, uh, their, their kids movies anyway. <laughs> uh, with one snap, they're off. Yep. We need companies, Bulgarian product companies, outsourcing as well, who are producing stuff uh, for our, for ourselves. Because right now, the bigger companies, they okay, they, they pay some salaries, which are amazing, exactly. great, but the big pie, the the the, the yeah. profits, they are being not being reinvested here. They are reinvested in the United States, in Germany, or from wherever those companies are. So that's why I think we need more Bulgarian-owned uh, IT companies. Yeah, the outsourcing, sometimes this is the first step to uh, to that path. First we had in Bulgaria the foreign outsourcing companies, now we have plenty of ours, some managed yep. to sold out. Okay, it's, it's their money still, but if they are Bulgarian, this will be better off for the for the nation because a lot more money will be used for uh, reinvesting and hopefully those money can be reinvested here not and also reinvested in other stuff not only IT and software oh of course of which course. is also important of course and yeah and here we, if, if we return to that that many people are getting good salaries from the western companies mm. this is great because they invest those yeah yeah they, they put the property market up but <laughs> they, they, they can be used for something else uh, it's it, the world is not only it mm. and uh, currently a lot of the real business is supported by the uh, by by the id systems etc et but i think yeah we should uh, as a country invest also both in IT development and uh, another high-tech development, which is not currently only, only developing. But yeah, this topic could, could take take an hour, how we can <laughs> do it, what we can do, and uh, I'm, I'm not, not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, that's a good answer, I think. Uh, create more value that stays in Bulgaria or that stays, that stays locally, I think it's a good answer. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we can all aim at, no matter product outsourcing, you can always make it in such a way that the value stays here think and yeah i think that's that's a great answer and we can leave it there and you're working in that way so it's good yeah, that uh, yeah. that uh, yeah you have you have taken you have taken the steps towards uh, that uh, that future at least we're trying you know yeah sometimes you have to uh, go with the market but of, co of course, uh, you have to face uh, certain demands from the market and do them. If the market wants you to do certain products, <laughs> you go ahead. If they want certain services, uh, yeah, you, you might say no, but most of the time, if you want to stay in business, you have to say yes. So yes, this is it. But uh, you already how many years you're on the market? Seven, eight? Nine. 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 
this is amazing. But our, our story is a bit different because we started as an academy and as a conference, and this was what all, all folks knew us like uh, Hack Bulgaria and HackConf, and the software branch was always hidden, and mm -hmm. only in the recent years we... Um, kind of closed, no, not, not closed, but paused the academy, paused the conference because they were not making money to support all of this. And we focused on the software part because we really like building stuff for people. We we are really good at forming teams, establishing rhythm and delivering software. Like this is the product that we are selling is we can establish and form teams that will do the job. And you have you don't have to manage us at all. And uh, this has been our passion from the very beginning. And uh, that's why in the recent years, we are trying to show ha the Hacksoft brand to, to, to the world and grow our business because this will enable us to bring back the academy. You know, there's there's a... We, we'll, we can have a different, <laughs> sorry, to the episode about this and also bring back the conference. But yeah, great. And to close things off, we always want to include uh, the human side of things uh, at the end of our podcast. And the question here is, how do you rest and recharge? Because you are doing quite a lot of stuff and I believe you have enough stress mm -hmm. in your life. So how do you rest? How do you recharge? Uh, alcohol and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. We have it. That's it. Nah. Like... For some people, they're helping, but they're not healthy, and they they cannot uh, get you through in the long uh, in the long in yeah. the long run. Uh, yeah, having uh, like a good routine, training, you know, in the gym, outside, whatever, get enough sunlight, and uh, going to the mountains, mm -hmm. spend some quality time with the with the wife and the kids, they help a lot. Also, having a vibrant social life uh, is helping a lot, like meeting with friends at least once or twice per week, like. Out and speaking with them for stuff outside of work, mm -hmm. not only about uh, money, jobs, money, <laughs> economy, where the politics are going. This is uh, refreshing and it can put the pressure down. And I think uh, uh, if someone um, is trying to have a healthy lifestyle, like not, not doing uh, <laughs> drugs and alcohol too much, and also training uh, frequently and having uh, more social conversations, you can put a lot of the stress away. Mm -hmm course sometimes this doesn't help and uh, you know uh, guys you should go see a therapist <laughs> really well said yeah it it, it, it wouldn't ha hurt like to just go yeah. just once uh, find out if you are going crazy or you're just a bit sad or maybe you're in depression or you need some uh, more medication that can help a lot you know like uh, yeah. we have a lot of psychologists in Bulgaria graduating each year yeah. go, go ahead and give them some job like they're not that expensive and they can help they, they can actually help you yeah yeah for sure for sure I think people should talk about uh, more about uh, mental help and uh, yeah it, 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 no one should be ashamed of going there and of course you can do it uh, uh, you know and, and you know and uh, yeah without anyone else knowing yeah like, yeah this yep. is this is an, this is a great way to do it yeah Awesome. Thank you very much. I think uh, it was a great conversation and I believe people will find it very valuable. We sure have some, some notes and some things that we're going to follow up, especially for the interview process. Thank you for bringing this up. Uh, this was Hackcast Season 4, Episode number 2. Petr Juganski was with us and most probably he will be with us again. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, comment, and yeah, see you next time. Bye.